welcome back. Oh, I hope you're having a wonderful day. It's a beautiful day here in New York City. And this is my show, The Houseless Podcast. My name is Peter Agostin. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, if this is your first time checking us out, welcome. Everyone is welcome. Uh, we have a great conversation with an incredible woman today, Cynthia Slay most known uh, to the music community uh, from her band in which she's the lead singer, vocalist, Bush Tetris. So we recorded this conversation right before they played um, their album Project Release Party um, for a brand new record that just came out on Wharfcat Records called Take the Fall. I'm looking at the record right now. Um, one of my favorite songs on it is called Mouse, and uh, she did this, I just saw it live when uh, we did the New York show, which was at Le Poisson Rouge, and, um, you know, if any of you, especially New Yorkers, uh, you know, you live in an apartment or some kind of hole in the wall, and uh, oftentimes we take um, residence amongst many little creatures that live um, right by us and tend to come out in the night and walk around our kitchen counters, our bedroom floors. In fact, this kind of changing of the seasons, and New York has had some false starts. It's been hot and cold and hot and cold. Uh, I've I've encountered a couple mice myself um, here in my apartment and uh, it's absolutely terrifying. I'm frozen with fear, uh, and uh, when I saw her perform this uh, live, um, it, it took me right there. It's very liberating, especially if you ever encounter uh, mice. It, it's funny, I just was talking to a friend who had a rat in her apartment, and Shilpa Ray, actually, which the first time I really worked with Bush Tetris was when we did this show back in last December at the Bell House. It was Shilpa Ray, Bush Tetris, and Esther Ballant, who's also been on the podcast. In fact... This will now make all three uh, per- performers a part of the houseless legacy. Um, and I was uh, going to a function with Shilpa, and she was telling me about how she had a rat in her kitchen sink. A rat, not just a mouse, but a rat, um, which is the ultimate peak of, of my, my fear, uh, Apex. And uh, I've had some pretty harrowing experiences. So anyway, uh, I'm sure many, many, many of you can relate. I know most of the people listening to this podcast are based in New York. So shout out to all my listeners in the New York City area, especially in Brooklyn, where I live. Uh, I went to Manhattan to record this uh, with Cynthia. And we kind of talk about her life and the history of the band. Uh, Make sure you get that new record, Take the Fall. Some of you probably know their most earliest material. you know, some pretty iconic uh, records of uh, the early New York downtown rock scene. I mean, some would lump them in the no wave kind of movement, but it, I think it's a much broader scope that that, that Bush Tetris sort, sort of uh, um, incorporates themselves in. It's like funk and punk and just dance music. It's really like New York dance music of the early 80s, really. Um, is how I interpret it. Obviously, Too Many Creeps uh, is uh, is a gigantic song of that era and that discography. 
many people clearly know. Um, if you've never even listened to that though, and this is your first time even knowing anything about this band, which is kind of cool and interesting, then you know, dig into it. Um, it's funny they've been around for a long time, but have taken breaks here and there for whatever amount of reasons, but still remain. and And to see them perform live now is absolutely um, riveting and uh, amazing, inspiring because it's super high energy. And, and all that so if you get a chance and funny enough I'm gonna mention some of the shows they have coming up too um, especially because I booked them and uh, this will probably be the most soonest one but on May 5th Saturday May 5th if you're around the Miami area Miami-Dade County or anywhere in southern Florida or even the state of Florida itself we're doing a free show at Gramps the great venue Gramps in Miami Bush Toucher's first show ever in Miami if you can believe that um, on Saturday, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. So make your way over there. It's right outside of the venue. It's sort of like an outdoor thing. We're just Bush Tetris. So very special that, uh, and much thanks to Rob and to Technique Records as well in Miami. So for people out in California, in the Bay Area, Bush Tetris will be returning probably since the very early 80s, if I'm not mistaken, since 1981. Uh, if I'm not mistaken. Now, I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm quite sure that I'm right. So on Saturday, May 12th in Oakland, California at the all-new Elbow Room in uh, Jack London Square, uh, Bush Tetras, and Sunday, May 13th in San Francisco at the Elbow Room. Make sure you get tickets at elbow.com or I'm sure you can find them via um, Bush Tetras uh, web outputs. May 19th in Toronto at Rivoli. Um, so, and then what, what else do we have right here? Also, July 7th, Detroit at Logger House, PJ's Logger House. And then maybe by this time, I'm not sure if I'm going to out the festival, but at least by soon enough on July 8th in Chicago, uh, Bush Tetris are playing West Fest. So that's not announced as of this second, but, you know, we'll take some liberties on the show, on the podcast. You know what I'm saying? So, and many more shows to be announced with some other festivals that have yet to be announced. And uh, I know they're doing a Northside Fest thing in early June here in New York City, in Brooklyn. Uh, but I got a bunch of other stuff in the works, too. So make sure you, if you're in the Bay Area, go to those shows. Oakland on May 12th, San Francisco, May 13th, Toronto, May 19th, and Detroit in July 7th. So, okay, let's get into this conversation with Cynthia Slay, Bush Tetris, yeah, here right. on the house list. Yeah, that's good. Um, okay, so, well, how are you doing? How was your day today? You, you, you work today? Busy. Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot of stuff going on. I do. Yeah, I always have a lot of stuff going on. How long have you been um, teaching for? 20 years. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. We got dropped by Polygram Records. And I, I was at the press, you know, precipice. What am I going to do? Because we got dropped, and I had health insurance, and I had a young kid. Yeah. So I said, you know, I had just finished my degree. I said, I'm going to do it. So I did it. Where did you start at? Um, I started at Lower East Side School that was, like, failing. I was an art teacher. And, uh, you know, it was, like, hellish. Yeah. But it was, you know, it, it got me to get my chops in for how to handle hard situations. And this is like 
late 90s, mid 90s or mm-hmm. something? Well, yeah, like mid 90s. So the band itself had already existed for almost 20 years at that time, right? I yeah, mean, we had a lot of like, we did like, our joke was, ongoing joke was we'd take five years off. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it wasn't really a reunion. It was just like, right. it was every five years we'd do a gig. It was very spread out. But there was like, at the very beginning, it seemed like it was, there was some very busy years too, right? Yeah, well, from, I'd say from, you know, the winter of 79 to 84, we were really pretty busy. We yeah. just mainly just did the band. Then we took time off. And then in 92, we did, a, we got signed and we right. did a record with um, Jim Fraud and Polydor. Mm-hmm. Um, and Thor Lindsay, uh, we we did a record with Nona Hendrix called Beauty Lies. Oh, cool! Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. So that was it was great, and we were doing our second record. We did it with Don Fleming. Yeah. And we got dropped because it was like '98. So between '92 and '98, you know, we were pretty much just doing music. Did the second record come out? No. Well, there's that's a whole story. Oh well. I like stories. Yeah, speaking. so that's, like that was, um, so that record, we really loved it, and it was such a heartbreaker, and I think, you know, we just, we just stopped playing, we mm. just, we were really upset about it, and we just thought the business just tanked, right. and I then, I mean, you can get um, pretty burnt by, you know, A&Rs and deals and stuff like that, I mean, I assume that was kind of, it got shelved, right. so it was like, it was not coming out. Mm. And you put your heart and soul into it, and we really loved it. It's a great record, Happy. So we oh, yeah. um, we were on Roar forever, and they they were trying to get it out, and we finally, ten years later, in two thousand eight. Wow! I, you know my timeline's horrible. I'm gonna say I could be wrong about that. That's what when I, I talk just, to D, I'll get all the. Yeah, uh, he's a better timeline. Uh, I'm really pretty bad. <laughs> so I think it was. I think it was that. It could be. Could have been later than that, more than ten right, years. That's still like a, uh, yeah, you know, a tremendous time. amount of time after you actually it, it was present. Yeah, and I was you know doing my I was a mom and teaching and yeah. I was busy, and then it ca- it came out on Roar, and that was great. Yeah, because we always loved that record. Yeah, and well, we still do a lot of those songs. We play a lot of those songs. Right, although it's kind of funny how now. Well, obviously, people are very associate you with like a very particular time in New York and like a very right. particular subsect of like New York nightlife. But you seem to like that was just like a kind of a small kind of um, page in your book. It seems like too. I mean, as far as like the New York no wave kind of scene. Yeah, but that's like, how it always works. You know, you're you're right. you're kind of frozen in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, we, we really love those other songs. They were a lot more like harder edged, I guess, like more a little more developed as mm-hmm. songs. Yeah. Because in the beginning we were just learning how to play, and I was, I, I might have sounded like a smart ass, really dry and troll. I was just nervous, uh-huh. <laughs> so I, it just came off that way. Right. So, so you came here from Cleveland yeah, originally with Laura, Maya, Laura, and I. Yeah. We went to art school together. Where, here in New York? No, in Cleveland. Oh. Yeah, we used to go see Devo and Perubu. Yeah, because you guys... Regularly. So you were a part of, like, their 
you were like their first oh yeah we were hardcore the, fans we were the nerve gas dancers they had like oh, wings for us yeah because yeah. we were weirdos and we danced in the front and weirdly right. and nobody really knew how to dance to it but that was like amazing because it got us really inspired well their first album too was absolutely incredible yeah incredible band very Did underrated talk about devo or perubu perubu oh yeah. perubu is like my favorite yeah yeah. So they started seeing you guys like at the shows and and you're obviously now you know Bush Tetras and that band have are part of the same world, you know, right? Yeah, well but, we you know we hung out later right. and we were on the same label. Right? Yeah. And with uh, Thor and so That's we not got, 99 though. That's what what label are you talking about? You'd have to tell me. I know. I'm oh, like, that's what now yeah. we're both trying to guess. Oh, let me Google it. I can do a, a, some voice. Oh, no, one. that's like, it's like really, yeah, yeah. That's fine. It's kind of inconsequential. Right. At this I could point. look it up, though. Sure, as we're talking about and, it. Yeah. Because they play a pretty important part, I think, in you developing, like, kind of stylistically, too, right? Like, yeah. They're pretty influential. I loved Paraboo, and I still love them, and we're trying to play some dates with them. Yes, yeah, so I'd love to I, see I know that, that Dave, Dave, is, uh, Dave Thomas is sick. And uh, he did the he did the benefit Laura's benefit because oh, really? Laura Laura was sick. She had um, a, a liver transplant and she needed money. And we went out to Minneapolis to yeah. play. And he 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 was there with us. And he's amazing. such a character. He's like one of my favorite people, Dave Thomas. What was Laura like? I mean, now um, like people like there aren't a lot of interviews with her, I guess, out there or anything like that. But you guys are obviously. Yeah. Like friends since you know school, teenagers almost right basically. We we were um, yeah friends from like nineteen years old on. Wow. Yeah, and she's she's really talented. Like she, there was nobody who played like her. She was really unique. How would you describe it? Um, well, just very aggressive, and I think was that, that like was, her personality? Tim Kerr Records. Oh, there you go. Wow. Oh, damn. Way to go. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we were a little intimidating because it was a little more, like, she played with attack. Mm -hmm. Like, she attacked the bass. And she had a lot of attitude. Uh, she wrote words. I mean, she was really um, a poet and a, a great artist. Yeah. Um, very spunky and spicy. Uh -huh. She wasn't always easy to deal with, you know, but it, we, we really connected like early on, the four of us. It's just a chemical thing. Yeah, because there's something yeah. about even the energy of the band now, um, mm -hmm. which is something that I feel very drawn to. It's something I'm inspired by when we're working together cause on, the, on, the, on the work that we do, um, because it's of it's sort of you know a very um there's a lot of very distinct character traits yeah you're so <laughs> diplomatic i mean there's a lot of pain in the asses yes no which is good oh, that yeah, creates yeah. Um, yeah we're all drive. really like different right but um like pat and i are like really close we spend cool. time together we spend vacations together we oh cool yeah, and we've always been really close. And she's incredibly talented. And yeah, an innovator from of that era. I feel like musically. Yeah, uh, 
Also, she is really aggressive with her playing. Yeah. There's no girl that plays like her, really. No, not that I can think no. of. No. So as far as, so, okay, when you got here, when you get here in New York from Cleveland, I mean, it's still a little ways off before the band forms, right? Like, yeah. You're here for what? what? What year did you come to New York? I came in 79. I came to New York in 79. And what, summertime or something? Yeah, it was the summertime. and That's awesome. You know, I, I, I knew one, I knew Jim Jarmish. That's the only person I knew. Oh, because he's from Cleveland, right? Yeah, he's from Cleveland. Um, right, because that's where um, the movie was shot. Part of the movie, shot yeah. It's one and only movie, of course. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that, I mean, obviously, people know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Which escapes me. You might have to. I mean, because it's just strange, strange yes, in paradise. Course. Yes. And I, you know, I came here. I I knew, like, I came to visit, and he's he was working at Columbia, and he and um, Phil Klein like set me up uh-huh. in this hotel uptown because they were going to Columbia. They had some deal. Cool. So I stayed up there, and then I walked downtown, and I went, oh, my God, this is it. Like, this is, I, I felt like I belonged here. Right. And it was immediate. And then I moved in the summer. And I hooked up with Laura, and Laura was with Pat. It was Pat's oh, girlfriend. Cool. Oh, really? Okay. And Pat was in the contortions, and then I saw yep. the contortions, and I went, some crazy show. And Adele was, like, jumping up and down on the keyboard. Uh-huh. And I thought, like, who's that cute boy playing guitar? And it was Pat. <laughs> and then there was, like, George was on bass. It was just, like, a very great band. That was, like, a great band. Oh, yeah. Jody Harris and Don Christensen. They were, and they were really, I just thought, and James got in some fight and microphone with a microphone and all this blood was involved. Really? It was like, I was like, oh, yes. Loved right. it. I loved it. Do you remember where that was? That was your first time seeing them? It was on Bleecker Street. It was some weird place downstairs. Yeah, I mean, because oftentimes I think there's some crossover between those two groups, obviously some of the Mm -hmm. members. um, But I think they're such a huge part of that period of time, too. I mean, James Chance and the Contortions and his various other bands with these lineups that had so many like influential musicians in them yeah and it was all like dance music I mean we right. just dance we were really that was a big part of the culture was dancing right yeah. which I think New York at that time was a pretty interesting time in the late 70s because it's like the end of the disco era in a way mm-hmm. the death of disco I guess I forgot when exactly but it's, it's something D said something funny to me somewhat recently and yeah. how I think in describing maybe too many creeps his his aesthetic um, interpretation of the music, where it's mm-hmm. like, and I don't know if maybe I don't want to say that. I mean, it was actually funny. Maybe more of an afterthought now, but it's something like uh, it was like the Stones, um, "Miss You" by the Stones with like a disco, like he's playing a disco beat or something like that. Um, that's how he sort of described it to me. Which in at the time you probably wouldn't put it in those terms, but. Um, yeah, we thought it was like we were dancing. Right. Yeah, and we thought it was danceable. We thought a lot. We thought we were playing funk. Like we were. We were like right. that was our version of funk. We were all about. We listened to a lot of like great music, like Bohanan and different yes. music than what we play. You right. know, but we were really influenced by it. And you know, we grew up like in in Cleveland. You listen to a lot of Motown and. Sure. There's a lot of black music that really influenced all of us, I think, because Pat was from 
Chicago, and it's oh, just okay. it was a it was um, it was a good melding of the minds because Dee and I really love reggae, yeah, and Pat doesn't love reggae, okay. So and I don't, Laura was lukewarm about it, but we kind of would we listen to a lot of reggae, so we would kind of get our little influences in there, right. So what was Cleveland like before that? You been grow you were born there? Yeah, I was born there. Yeah. It's it's, not, it's a town I find very fascinating because my parents came to the states from Hungary in 69. So it's like one of the biggest oh, yeah, populations big of Hungarian population, there. Yeah, yeah, Polish, Hungarian. Yeah, 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 yeah. Although I've never really spent any time there at all. Mm, well, how was it back you, then? You, you know, up? it was the river caught on fire. I mean, it was a very interesting time, like in the 60s and 70s, mm -hmm. because so much pollution and yeah. things going on and like unrest. Yeah. And it was it was pretty, pretty rough in a way and run down. And then there was this little offshoot of a pocket of rock. It was like a hub. Yeah. I mean, I, my first show was Ziggy Stardust. So I was really lucky. Yes, I would say so. And I was 15, and it changed my life, really. I mean, it did, I wasn't sitting there going, oh, I'm going to be in a band. Right. I was more like, oh, man, they can't sit in my parents' living room. I was so into that. I was like, this is completely different. Right. It made me immediately, I went to Paris right after that. I did you? saved my money. I worked in a truck stop, and I went to Paris because I was like, on your own accord. I, yeah, I really wanted to get out of Cleveland. It's a place everybody wanted to get out of. Sure, of because it was very repressive. <laughs> I used to walk around and get hassled. Really? Yeah. And in New York you get hassled, but there's so many similar people yeah. that you all kind of bond together. Right. Because you were doing, when you did, uh, I mean, I don't know this, but when you were in art school and you came to New York, were you doing like... Um, Design art, design stuff like clothes. You were doing yeah, clothes. Yeah, I was doing clothes. Right. Yeah, I was designing. That's clothes. cool. I designed all the Bush Tetra outfits and the sweet stripe, stripey stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I wanted to do it, and then I had to work in the business a little bit, and I went, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. Of course. No, you have to have a lot of passion. Right. I didn't. I I think the music was a big passion. Because that was your. That's been your. That was your first. Band, yes. Yeah, and I think a lot of people that happens to them, and I talk, even my son, it's like you love the visual arts. Like Pat, Laura, and I, all three of us, we were really deep into visual art. And then music comes around, which is another expression. Right. But it's so immediate and it's collaborative <clears throat> that right. it's just so inviting. You know, you just want to kind of dive in there or not. Sure. So you have to choose. Right. But I would think New York and 79 80 mm -hmm. and 81 like those things are those worlds are very much like on top of each other it seemed like at least yeah. like in the places you would play and the people that oh would yeah be and there. your friends you know all, yeah. all we were all friends together yeah because it's like the the basquiat's and the ramel z's and these type of like mm -hmm. high art dudes and the, of course the warhols and whatever are, are somewhat in that universe too or they're maybe even taking from that people in the crowd somehow yeah uh -huh. I, yeah it was there was a big crossover and even like dance and theater and filmmakers I mean yes you know we were all friends right Amos Poe and all of all of the people that were doing film back then too yeah. they were all going to shows like we were, it was all 
combined. Right. You were in some movies, some film, some early films. There was one. You didn't see that one, did you? Because no, I've been really desperately looking for it. Oh my um, god! I need a VHS fight because I would think that that. <laughs> but the one that Kiki Smith did one. Yes. Do you know this that I'm talking about? I was in a Kiki Smith movie. I, that could be because I have a horrible memory. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, yeah, I'd like to see that one too because I completely. Oh, Cave forget. Girls. Cave Girls. I was in Cave Girls. Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen well, it. Well, Kiki so and I, I were doing these these like scarves together we had this like business cool. we were we were printmaking okay and she was a good friend of mine and we were doing printmaking she's really fun to work with but i that's all i remember about that i was in beth and scott b's movie what was that this is uh, yeah what was it called it oh, that's not the offenders yes okay so, again i haven't seen that either God, Laura, we, we were it was really it's really highly embarrassing it was ridiculous but these are like super diy kind of films too right yeah yeah. Experimental, like yeah. early '80s experimental New York film. Yeah, we would just do anything. Right, which is cool. I think you know, you get some pizza. Right, that's yeah. about it. Yeah. Hopefully, that we haven't, you know, with some of these shows we have come, we haven't come completely back to just that. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting is back then people. It's so hard to fathom that, you know, my rent was like seventy-five dollars mm. a month. Yeah. I didn't have to work really. I mean, I worked minimal. Everybody right. did. And so you just, you know, and you didn't really care about eating. It wasn't about going to a fancy restaurant. Right. That was like stupid. Right. Just, you know, nobody <laughs> did that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Andy Warhol did that. Right. But like we were, we were, we were just like getting a slice and, you know, I woke up, had a Snickers and a can of Coke and, yeah. you know, I was, I, I was very happy, but it was all about just, you know, doing the art and being an outsider. Yeah. And not really having to conform. Like, it's kind of like being off the grid. Mm -hmm. Because back then, I don't know, I didn't even have, you know, I'd throw my keys out the right. window in a sock. Like, yeah. you didn't, you didn't, you really, you didn't have a cell phone and you didn't even have a. Did you have a regular phone at all? Right? I had a regular phone, yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's something right there back then. I would. Like, yeah, I mean, you're kind of already, I mean, comparatively, we're so now, I mean, even if you're like a progressive kind of person, you're still so ingrained into the grid that there's there's really no escaping it unless you know, make such really an effort. Wild. You know? I know. I it's mean, really, really changed in that way. And yeah. I, I'm finding myself, you know, I look at my phone, I don't know, 100 times a day. Yeah, me too. It's a little compulsive, so I try to... I try to go off the grid. I try to put it away. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure with the... Now, I don't know with the, with the kids that you teach them, that's even... They're now born, completely born. Into yeah. It. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a trip. I mean, even thinking about these shows and how they are structured now as, as how they may have been at the very earliest stages. Everything from how you would negotiate a deal to promoting a thing because we're like, you know doing different things to promote. I mean, that's obviously changed considerably. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I know I'm out of the loop. I'm like, you know. No, I think you're you're very much in tune with what, as far as what we're doing with this band, yeah, I mean, it's all relative, too. Well, I have this, there's this song we have, Don't Stop It. Uh-huh. And um, when I first wrote it, it was like more personal politics stuff that I'm, you know, I'm always thinking about how to deal with other humans, yeah. you know. So Don made a suggestion, Don Fleming, that's the producer, mm -hmm. and he said, why don't you make it 
you know, about being back in time and relating it to now, how it was back then, there's no song like that. Right. So there's a, the third verse is like, I'm a pterodactyl. And I thought, oh great, I can use pterodactyl in a song. <laughs> like I'm frozen, uh-huh. the pterodactyl. And it's kind of referring to like, yeah, I feel a little bit like a dinosaur. Sometimes. And then, you know, when I don't think of it, when I'm on stage, never. Rehearsal, I never think about it. When I'm off stage and I'm hanging out with nine-year-olds, I can feel like a pterodactyl. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, nine-year-olds, that's a different thing. But I mean, I think... <clears throat> 29-year-olds, I can feel like a pterodactyl. Also. I mean, I'm starting to feel like that. Um, Are with you? 29-year-olds. And I was born the year that you guys probably for- uh, technically formed. Too. 79? Yeah, I was born... October 30th, 1979. So probably, I'm wondering if you probably did your first shows right around that time. No. No? We started rehearsing. Okay. We were in Giorgio Gromelski. I don't know if you know him. He no. worked with the Stones. He's okay. a real character. So he had and a space. He had a, a space. And we were, we were rehearsing from like the midnight shift. Like from like 11 to 1 in the morning. Uh-huh. We would rehearse or 12 to 2 or something. He had no bathroom. You know, there was like a... A bucket. Uh-huh. It was leaking. It was the wow. shittiest place, and we paid like fifty dollars a night for wow. it. It was like that's a lot back then, but it was. Um, it's funny because we rehearsed. We had seven songs, and we rehearsed from maybe November to through January. So November, December, January, and then we played out February, early February, wow. nineteen eighty. Oh, interesting. So we were just a colonel. I think they, they had a gig without me. They were trying to, and I don't even think it was called Bush Tetris. It was oh. uh, Adele Brute was singing. Yes. And it didn't quite gel right, so right. they talked me into it. I didn't want to do it. Really? Oh, yeah. I was really shockingly shy. I would never cast it. And I, I was like really I shy. No. I was very nervous. So how do you remember when they how they approached you, or was it like out of... Yeah, we were all friends. I mean, right. I, I was... Um, you know, hanging out with them every night. Yeah, because if Laura was like, maybe you're, you went to see her play, then obviously all these people are probably in the same oh, rooms. Oh, yeah. And we hung out all the time. It's yeah. like, we didn't really work. Right. We had a lot of time to hang out and go to shows, and everybody just went out every night. What, where did you, you, so you've only lived here on the, in Manhattan? Did you move around? No. I, I don't know how many times I've moved. Really? Is that that back then? I would think you probably move people yeah, move I moved around a lot, lot often. Yeah. Right? yeah, I moved like a lot. Jim got me a place on Fifty Seven St. Marks, and this poor woman, I had to like take care of her plants. I killed them all. Uh-huh. I had that for a summer, and then I moved to you know I moved so many times. It would take the entire interview. Uh-huh. Yeah, I lived right. in Harlem and Brooklyn and Williamsburg and um, you know a couple places in Williamsburg and Greenpoint. I lived. I lived in. Um, yeah. So then you've seen every place. Yeah, and you've seen the city has obviously like really completely mm-hmm. changed over that. Yeah, time. and I got sick of it, and I moved to LA, and then I, I really had remorse, and I moved back. Interesting. Oh yeah, it was interesting. Costly experiment. Right. Well, that's what New Yorkers tend to do. They they just eventually moved to LA, and then. And yeah, you think, you know, better weather, whatever, and I, you know, it was just like the, uh, a lonely, vast wasteland for me. It wasn't, yeah. you know, I've talked to a lot of, like, 
people, New Yorkers, and you know, you go there. Some people really like it. Right. But I would, you know, I it lasted three years, and I think in the second year, I was trying to talk to people about it. And they said, "Give it ten years." Ten years. I was wow. like, I could be dead. What do you mean, give it ten years? Right. That seems like a long time. Yeah. Yeah, That's especially if you know, it just didn't. I didn't quite fit in. Right. It didn't. It didn't work at all. Yeah, for East Coasters on the West Coast, I, I think because I lived I lived in California for did you several years. Yes, but I went to college there in the northern part of the state, so it was definitely different. Although, oh yeah, it's really different. Yeah, in I spent a lot of time in LA, and I it is it can feel very isolating. You know, you're um, and there's something about not being able to like get on the train or like get somewhere. On foot very easily. Or just get in that car all the time. I'm trying oh, to get yeah. a Prius. I thought, I don't want to pollute, you know. I yeah. got a Prius and I spent a fortune and I ended up in the car all the time. Yeah. Trying to learn Spanish in the car, tried like different things, called my right. friends. Like I called Pat. Mm-hmm. I'd be going to work at 6 30 in the morning because you know the commute. Yeah, of course. And, yeah, you have to get up much earlier um, in LA too. God. Yeah, well, it's just a lot of driving and. Um, she would be the only one up at like nine thirty, you know. I could call. <laughs> she was very, she was very helpful getting me out of there. It was good. Oh, getting you back. Yeah, home. once I came back, that's when everything kind of started moving. It took us a long time to actually start writing, but once we started writing, yeah, I mean, we have another song we haven't recorded yet. We oh, cool. Yeah, we're we're gonna keep writing. So this record that that is out now, by the time I put this out, the record will, will have come out. It's just days away from being released because I'm looking at days the, I know yeah, that's exciting it is yeah. it's very exciting we're like super excited yeah yeah because um, we hadn't played out the songs like we wrote them and we hadn't played all of them out like right. one of the songs we've never played out oh amazing yeah Will you start playing don't this? stop it oh cool that was the second single that they released on Wharf Cat yeah yeah and yeah, it's just it's fun playing the new songs. You recorded this at Echo Canyon. Yeah. Was it with Steve Shelley. It's yeah, his studio, well, yes. it was his studio. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, it was really great. But I I did something else there, and uh, Don Don is like really fun to work with. I would think Don so. Don is I a mean, genius. He's the Don. Did, I hope you're hearing that, Don. You're a genius. <laughs> yeah, he's really he works well with us, and right. You know, he's just. He's really fun. Like I had a day to do the vo- all the vocals, which is a lot to do all of them, all five songs in one oh, day. Oh, he did the whole yeah. out, the whole project the in whole, one day. Wow, the whole thing. Well, no, just the vocals. Yes, no, I day. know, but that's those are all your. It was parts, a so. lot. Yeah, and he he's just really really fun to work with. That's incredible because he did if he did happy as well. He did happy yeah. as well, and he and I just it, we we work well together. He has. Really good ideas and yeah, and he know he understands the sound. He understands Pat's sound and yeah, he's got a he, he's just kind of part of the family. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna play with us on on Saturday. Incredible. He plays guitar and he sings with me on one song. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, he I can't wait to see that. I don't yeah, think I've ever seen him seen perform it. before. He's a freak. He's, <laughs> a, he's like a. He's, a, he's really good on stage. You never saw him on stage. No, I don't think so. No. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's pretty um, incredible that this, not only are you like recording new material and putting it out and it's like, 
you know, on a cool label and, and doing shows and stuff. There's there's not a ton of of groups that can do that that can do that, have that longevity, I guess. Yeah, I know. And we're really different. Yes. I mean you know, it's um I think it's the music always comes first. Like yeah. when we found Val, she really transformed it. Because really? I think we had well, we hadn't written songs for twenty years, you know, it's like a long time. Wow. Yeah. And we were almost like afraid to write songs and she stuck with it like we tried and we had some failed songs and we were like slugging away, right. rehearsing once a month or something, you know, and then it clicked. And I think, you know, a lot of it has to do with her and her vibe. She has a vibe a lot like Laura. Really? Like she has, she thinks melodically. She has these kind of loping bass lines that work really well with everything. Right. And she locks in with D really well. And it's um, kind of miraculous. How did you guys even decide to do this? Was it just... Because I moved back. And they're like, okay, yeah. you're back. And now yeah. we can finally do something again. Yeah, and I was determined. I was like, really? I was really missing... Yeah, I was really missing <clears throat> um, writing. Mm. And I can only do the Tetra thing with the Tetras. Like, of course, I sing no. differently. Like, I did a project with Pat Irwin. And I love called? it, uh, Command V, uh -huh. and it was great, and but it was very different. Right. I was singing really, really, very melodically and high, and oh, um, there's another album. Did you did another kind of collaboration album with someone um, that I recently I've never heard this before. Um, mm -hmm. Do you is this the Lovelies? Is that oh yeah, that was that? my my husband Ivan Julian, yeah, Austin's dad. Oh, cool. Yeah, the lovelies. Now, yeah. I haven't, now how how would that contrast vocally? Because I haven't listened to that, so I don't. I, yeah, you know. it was to, it was totally different. Right. Oh, okay, yeah. interesting. Yeah, it was really really different. <laughs> Plus, those a lot of those were Ivan's songs, like Ivan. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah. Yeah, and and with and Command V was more my songs, right. like my singing. It would come from a kernel of me going on GarageBand. Yeah, but yeah. it was a different way of Definitely. writing, right. and then he has an amazing recording studio, and we work in that. Right, but it was different. So how is like the Bush Tetra style of songwriting for you? And get in a dark, leaky basement, just like it was by <laughs> seventy nine, just like going back, <laughs> right? Almost forty years. No, you know, we just we it it's like poof. I don't know. Right. It it's I don't want to make it sound too magical, but it is kind of. I would you know, think it'd be pretty instinctual, you well, know, at this I, stage. Yeah, and I find it really interesting, everybody's process. Like, right. well, how do you get the ideas? It's like kind of amazing. Because for us, I'll have some lyrics. Now I'm starting to write on my phone, like if I'm somewhere. Right, sure. And I'll have lyrics, and it'll just come together. Right. Uh, you know, we have... I think clearly, like, even some of those earliest records, too, that you guys did, in that style, the style that you sang in, and and the songwriting is undoubtedly like influenced other uh, vocalists. You know, I don't think that. Um, and this is purely my opinion, but this is my show, so I can be however opinionated I like <laughs> to be. But I, I don't think like probably Kim Gordon wouldn't maybe have that sound and that approach, especially if you listen to the very earliest kind of Sonic Youth stuff. It's very, I think, you know, they're 
clearly inspired by a lot of bands, but I mean, um, there's something aesthetically there that I think, you know, you sort of, you amongst other people set a kind of tone, a yeah. conceptual tone. Well, Thurston was a big fan. Oh yes, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, and he used to hang out outside the rehearsal space. Oh, is that right? We had it on first and first, yeah. Oh, interesting. But uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I feel like I've, my style's probably changed. I mean, of course, I had um, pretty monotone. So right. now I think this new one, I, I'm, I'm happy that each song sounds different. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I have a certain style, I'm sure, but the songs, uh, my approach is different in each one of them, and that's right. what I really like. It's like I think getting older too. Sure. That you have more layers that you put out there. Yeah. I mean, just the range to your own, what you see and experiences that are clearly going to be very different than when you're like in 21, you're 22 yeah. years old, you know, and your voice will change with that. Yeah. I mean, from even just when we did the show at the Bell House, mm-hmm. which was, that was the first time I saw you guys play. And yeah. um, I thought it was... Uh, entrancing you know and uh, good yeah it was incredible we had fun we do we do stir the pot it's like you know yes i could feel it amongst the audience we really uh get off on each other's energy and and we're just there yeah because there's a certain level of like it's not like you're uh deadpan but there's not like you're, you're you're pushing this energy like into the audience, you know, and, and they kind of have to come to terms with it really quickly in like a good way, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, because there's, because people are playing aggressively, you know, Val and Pat and, and D is you're pushing it. And then the style that you sort of, the way you, at least with that particular show, you are holding, you know, commanding the, uh, you know, just the set was, you know, I think that's why it was like kind of freaking people out, you know? Yeah, because I think you, I get possessed because, right. you know, that's the big goal because, you know, who sure. wants to be self-conscious and be in your own head? You, you need to go outside your head right? because that's when it's fun because otherwise you could just be in your, you know, living room. Sure. Just to me, it's like, you, that's the whole idea is that you go, it's a transporting experience. Yeah, and you guys had fun when you did that show? Yeah, yeah, and I felt possessed. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, I was definitely possessed. And then I look at the pictures and I go, oh, yeah, I guess, <laughs> well, yeah, I, guess I was possessed. Right. But that, I mean, I think that's, even like Iggy is my role model. Because okay. Iggy, Makes sense. he's like a shaman. Yeah. If I could get to that point, that would be really fun. Because he's almost a different person when you meet him off stage. I would think so. He's Jim. He's this Jim Osterberg. He's <laughs> just very, you know, he talked to Austin. Austin was a valedictorian, and he met Iggy. And oh, amazing. He was like, yeah, and he was like, yeah, I was, I was valedictorian, too. Was <laughs> Austin he? Was, and Austin was so, like, in awe and, right. and got to meet him. But, yeah, he's, like, you know, really smart guy, just very smart and quick-witted and nice and affable. Yeah. And, then, and then on stage, he's this... He's like really possessed and people, you can see the whole audience move, you know, and like he's a shaman and he's shifting the whole crowd. They're just so with him. Right. And to me, but that's your goal. If you can do that, then 
that's that's it. Well, I think that you guys absolutely accomplished that. Um, and I can't wait to see all these other shows that we have come up and yeah. see see where this it seems like the group now is in a really good place and is like kind of starting a whole new yeah, chapter. To- totally. I mean, I th- that's really makes me happy. Yeah. Because you never know what's going to happen in life. Right. That yeah, we can that's the all fun agree on. Part of it. Yeah, it could be also somewhat terrifying too. Yeah, it can it can go down the toilet. Yeah. But then it can come back from the toilet like a little phoenix. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, and we're 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 really we're really happy to play because playing's always been a big part and it's funny we I I've always felt like it didn't capture like a lot of our recordings didn't capture right. our live sound. But this one I I'm, I listened to it. I can't believe it. It's the first one. Got to get a better turntable. Yeah, but, we got to um, figure that one out. I'm, I'm yeah, I mean, that's like, help you with that. That's, that was a little bit of disappointment. Sounds a little tiny. Yeah. So I have to get a bigger sound. Yeah, well, you guys create a much bigger sound. You can't just have some rinky-dink turntable you know, right. to translate that, you know. But I, I listened to the CD in the car. Okay. I don't have a car. My friend has a car, but... Right. It sounded really good yeah. on that, so that's that was good. Uh, and I'll work out my turntable thing. It's almost like you're going back in time to revisit the turntable, which I'm really happy about. Right. I mean, you guys put out a lot of great records that came out on vinyl. That early stuff is, you know, they're classics of that era, too. Those seven yeah. inches on on uh, nine nine and, and all that stuff. It's, and you have a lot of you have a lot of. I got a lot of records. I don't have uh, all those very first pressings of the stuff you did. I'd love to. Get my hands on those, but yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, we might have to figure that out. D might be able to help us out there, perhaps. Yeah, Maybe. he's very—he's a hoarder. Oh, okay, I'm not gonna give up any of that. He's... Well, perhaps anyone—and uh, I might frame this in the intro and outro of the show—but you know, you have basically a, a, the rest of the spring and the summer full of shows with those yes. touches. So maybe at one of these shows, someone might, you know, um, exhume one of those old records and. and bring it to you oh you know? yeah because that'd be it, nice it would be it would be it's it's a sad thing i don't own any of the old ones no I mean, but I have the raw ones but i think i like to put i like to put the needle on i mean i i like the whole thing it's kind of a sexy thing yeah turntable and it got so bad like the digital thing was really bumming me out yeah, there's no bass and it was really compressed and it sounded like crap and i thought yeah oh come on we got to do better than that we're like going so that you you just you just have an idea of a song and you're not really listening to the depth of the song. Yeah, like that's yeah. just sad. Definitely, just a bunch of sound bites and then mm, that wouldn't be good. So I'm like I like this new thing of back to the turntable. Yeah, and Wharfcat the label they're doing. They're the, amazing. They're, they're so the, adorable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the yeah. brothers. Oh yeah, it's two brothers. Right? Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, and they're really they're they've been so lovely and. You know, it's really fun. Yeah. Like, that's a breath of fresh air, too, just starting to work with someone new and yeah. having them appreciate and be excited. It's, like, great. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, um, I know that you have to get to rehearsal. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I got to commend you, too, as being able to do this and be a full-time teacher here in New York, which is very cool commendable sounds cool it sounds cool to me it's not really that cool (laughs) i'm glad it sounds cool yeah definitely yeah and yeah and i just 
Thanks, I'm Peter. I'm excited for all this new work that you're doing too. And yeah. Yeah. And thank you so much for your time and for the incredible portrait. Too. Yeah. No, I'm good. I'm glad you like it. But you're and an incredible artist too. Thank I don't you. Think maybe people don't really know that. No, about people you. don't really know that. Yeah, yeah. I, do, I do portraits. I also, my tour jacket, mm -hmm. I have to show you. I would love to see it. It's, I embroidered. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. I told you I'm busy. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. Um, cool. Thank you so much. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yes, 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 yes. Thanks to Cynthia. Thank you guys so much for listening. If this is your first time tuning in, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play. Find us um, at SoundCloud. If you listen on like a desktop computer or your laptop or something like that, um, it's SoundCloud.com, the Houseless Podcast. And uh, repost it, like it, and subscribe. I really appreciate it. This is a self-produced labor of love style show. So I like trying to get the word out. It's very word of mouth type of thing. So every episode is edited and engineered by CJ Stewart. He's in California, and I'm in New York. And we do it that way. Bush Tetra's latest release, Take the Falls Out on Wharfcat Records. Make sure you pick that up on vinyl. Um, I'm looking at it now. Looks great. Sounds great at all finer retailers. And I also want to thank Cynthia for this lovely, amazing uh, sketch she did of me, which was taken a, a kind of a bad photo that she turned into an amazing portrait, which I'm very flattered and grateful for that. It's very sweet, and she's extremely talented. I didn't know that she was a portraiter. Uh, so thank you. And um, to all the rest of the Bush Tetras and their extended fans and family i hope you guys enjoyed this i'm going to do another one with depop soon enough as well so make sure you see those shows they're incredible and um let's see where are we at yeah may 5th in miami at gramps if you if you catch this in time may 12th oakland california at the elbow room may 13th at the elbow room in san francisco and pj's logger house in detroit july 7th many other shows about to be announced as well in new york city and elsewhere so yes enjoy be safe out there and i will see you guys on the next show peace y'all